everybody, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Chatting with Country. Today on the line with me, I have Marie and Art Fox. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, look at y'all. I am so happy to have y'all on today. How are you? We are we're doing good. Marie, how are you? I am very well. I just had a birthday yesterday and it was a fabulous day. Yes, you did have a birthday. I posted all late. I was like, uh, she gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like we just talked about this, Talisha. And so <laughs> you gonna miss it? Mm -hmm. Well, happy belated birthday. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I just figured today we're going to have a, a great conversation. Um, so if you all want to start by telling us about yourselves, then that'll be great. So who wants to start? Well, I guess I will. Um, Arden, I have been married for almost 30 years, December 5th. This coming one, we will have our 30th anniversary and have not decided yet how we're going to celebrate, but I know it's going to be great. Um, we are huge sports fans. Or so do you want to tell us about your upbringing first and then we can go into that part of your life? Oh, sure, sure. Well, I was brought up on a farm in Oregon. I have seven brothers and sisters. My dad was a logger. My mom stayed home with us and took us out to the berry fields and the bean fields in the summertime to pick berries. So I know about work. Um, it's something that uh, I think has done well for me through my years because I've always prided myself on doing a good job. Um, enjoy life, enjoy being with family. Um, mm -hmm. And that's about it. So there goes to art. Okay, so I would... <laughs> I was born in a small town called Roseburg, Oregon. It's one that I'm glad to be able to say I'm from Roseburg. Anyway, it was a small logging community. Um, Dad had just come back from World War II and I was born. He thought that I was going to be a girl. So he had made a cross out of matches, sent that home from the war zone. And he um, ended up having to change the name from Patricia on the cross to Arthur. So he built a small house behind my grandmother's little store. Back in the day, it was about the size of a single car garage. And she gave credit to everybody in the neighborhood. And I would as I was growing up, would take the old lady's stuff home, carry their bags on, usually on my wagon tied to my tricycle. <laughs> and then we moved out to the country when I was five years old. And um, 
my uh, the owners that we bought the place from had a Jersey cow named Maisie, and she was given to me. So I got into the animal business real early, and I would grow up milking every morning. My dad would milk at night, uh, doing everything that was on a farm in terms of cutting our own wood, splitting it, building fences, raising cattle. Uh, and I got real big into um, what's called FFA, Future Farmers of America. And I raised registered Herefords as my project. I showed them at the fair. And then I said, it's getting close to graduation and I don't want to go to college. So I joined the Air Force thinking, okay, I'm going to escape this and spent four wonderful years in the Air Force in California, Texas, Montana, and Korea. And I would do it over in a heartbeat if I was back then. Came home, went to work at a mill for one day, <laughs> one day only, pulling what's called green chain. Anybody that knows what that is will say that's an awful job. And I said to my mother when I came home, I'm not doing this the rest of my life. And she said, well, your brother's going to Umpqua Community College, and the rest is history. Went to Umpqua, two years, got my associate degree, and then headed up to what's called OCE, Oregon College of Education, which was one of the top schools for education. And of all things, the guy that did not like school, loved math, loved science, but the rest of it you could have, <laughs> I went two years at OCE, got my bachelor's, and three years into teaching, my principal said, you ought to become our counselor. So I ended up heading to back to school in the evenings and the weekends and got my master's degree of all places, and I'm a big Oregon Duck fan. Go Ducks. Yes, go Ducks. But my master's came from Oregon State, home of the beavers. <laughs> beavers. But anybody on that campus would tell you I wore nothing but yellow and green every single day. So <laughs> I claim it for pay purposes. And then I got hired at a school in Dallas, Oregon. And I spent 32 years as a teacher and counselor. And sometimes they put us as vice principals and loved every bit of it. I used to come home and say to my wife, and they pay me to do this. But mm. when you're working with elementary kids, there's nothing better. And then after we, well, we re I retired, and then Marie did, we got involved with uh, not only being Duck fans, but going to Duck football games. And did that for a number of years and we would travel with a football team. And then we got hooked into women's basketball and we got to spend four years with Sabrina and uh, Satu and Ruthie 
And then a little lady from Spokane, Washington, <laughs> Audie Gilden, who we love. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yes, we do. We even got to have she and her family over for a barbecue on her graduation from Oregon uh, to our home. Uh, we went to the final four and we even got to spend some time with her mom and aunt and grandma. And her mom is a, uh, I'll just say this, she's, she's a wild one. Oh, just, just really. Just <laughs> make me totally, feel bad. <laughs> totally, totally enjoyed that whole, that four years. We went to Alaska with the team and went, to, we started in Alaska that year at minus 14 degrees and we ended mm. the season with them in Tampa, Florida at 104. And we also have tickets to the Holt Theater, which is down in Eugene, where Oregon, University of Oregon's at. We have the Broadway series, and we have the Broadway series up in Tigard, Oregon. So we're not just into sports. We also have the uh, the plays, which I thoroughly, thoroughly, really, really enjoy those. And today, we have we built a uh, a new home back in 1999. So today we're living in a wonderful home, uh, enjoying life with each other. And we sort of have a philosophy. Every day when you wake up, form a resolution to make the day just a little bit better for another human being. So there you have it. I'm writing that down. Make the day a little bit better. For another, another fellow human, human being. being. I used to have that in my office on my wall because I was big into having empathy for others and random acts of kindness. And I just feel that as a society, we have lost so much of that. And if we could just be a little kinder, more accepting. Uh, instead of looking for differences, we need to look for likenesses. And I just feel that um, we're missing the boat. All right. So 30 years of marriage, you all are celebrating. What? How did you guys meet? We met when I took my daughter to um, sign up for elementary school in first grade. She was, Art was the counselor there. I was starting out with my kids going to school and getting involved in school. So we knew each other. Well, a long time. Yeah, that's that's not quite right. <laughs> she brought her daughter to registration and I was running that. And she says that's when she met me. Well, now, I do not even remember her. <laughs> and it would be years later when I would ask my secretary, I need a good volunteer 
that I would then meet her. And by this time, uh, because we're on a second marriage. Yes. And uh, by this time, we were both on the way out of a first marriage. So So you both were married before. Yes. yes. So you, you liked each other enough to just say, forget all of the stuff that I went through previously that I'm going to do this again. Yeah, I, I think what we found, what, what I found when she did that job for me, she was doing the thing with shot records, which was super important. And she did such a good job that I, that was, that was like a turn on. Hey, this, she did a good job. I didn't have to worry. And then as we got to know each other, I said, Hey, you know, this, this woman's sort of okay. Well, I think the, the big thing is that we were friends first and learned to know each other. Uh, learn to know a lot about each other before we ever got, before we ever thought about anything romantic. Yeah. And, and, and then things, we had similar interests. Uh, and I had and still have season tickets to the Portland Trailblazers. And I would find out her parents were big Blazer fans as she was. So we went to a Blazer game and so we just had some common interest and she had two girls and I had two girls and um, things just sort of just started popping. And, but it took 10 years. It took a good 10 years before uh, finally I popped the question because <laughs> my oldest daughter was saying if you don't say something she's going to walk away and to be honest I was hesitant because of my younger daughter and how she may react to her dad remarrying and which today I see was a total mistake uh, letting her sort of control me on that mm -hmm. but we did it and we both say this is so much better than the first time around. Amen. So do you all feel that couples should be compatible or do you believe opposites attract? I think more compatible, although there's a little bit to be said for a little bit of opposing things too, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think the compatibility is important, but I would agree with Marie that, you know, the opposite, uh, you have to be open. And when Marie retired, as her retirement gift, I gave her a six week road trip with the Oregon Duck football team. <laughs> and everybody said to me, well, Art, that was just for you. And Marie actually, I actually suggested it because I was looking at the game calendars and seeing how they were falling. And I said, wow, this would, we could follow and have a trip out of this. Yeah. And we did it. And it was 
awesome. Well, we had to come home for a game. Yeah, we came home for one game. Uh, in that because there was a bye week. Everything fell, like she said, fell just right. Uh, but, you know, we had that and everybody was giving me a bad time. But the key to that was that Marie said, you know, I would like to go to this play. And I'm saying, oh, no. <laughs> and I said to myself, I can't ask her to do everything I want to do if I'm not willing to do things she wants to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what got us into the Holt Broadway series and the Broadway Rose Broadway series up in Tigard, Oregon. And there was some opposite parts there with the play stuff that she liked, the sports stuff that I liked, she came to my side and then I ended up going to her side. So I, I, I think you have to be compatible, but and, and in so being, you have to listen to the other person and be aware of their likes and dislikes and wants and that type of stuff. So I think it's a combination of both. Oh, sure. And you need to be willing to try something that might be different for you. Um, when Art said he had gotten tickets for the Duck football games, and this was, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years ago, I didn't know anything about football. And I thought, oh, well, okay. But I'll tell you what, it took me one game to just fall in love with it the whole atmosphere around the game and being in the stadium and all that was fantastic now i knew nothing about football but after all these years i can follow the game now <laughs> and i love it and she knows when flags are thrown in certain spots if it's offsides if it's false start pass interference she knows some of that stuff and she thoroughly enjoys tailgating, let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tailgating is wonderful. So how important is respect and communication in a relationship? Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing. If you don't communicate, the relationship's going to die real quick. And one of the things, having a counseling background, that Marie and I have talked a lot about at different times. <clears throat> you have to realize that when you speak the words and they come out of your mouth, the meaning is given to those words by the person receiving them. You may think, this is what I said, but the person receiving those words it's their meaning that's important. So mm -hmm. when you listen to a person and you're talking to them, you need to listen with your ears, but you also need to be listening with your eyes for the nonverbal and your heart for the feeling. Uh, and that communication, if, if that breaks down I just think 
I tell you, I think everything breaks down. I just think that uh, you, you, I think it's a constant thing that you have to work on all the time. Mm-hmm. That's true. And sometimes it's kind of tough because you get into some subjects sometimes that uh, might not be exactly what you want to talk about. And sometimes it takes a few false starts to get there, but you got to keep, you got to keep working at it. Did you all ever think you would make 30 years? <laughs> I did. I thought we would. Well, 30 years, I mean, you know, this is more than we have been, you know, we say, hey, you know, you, you don't even think about the, the, the years that you were married before because now I just say 30 years, where did it go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the things that we have done together, the places we've gone, the experiences that we've had and and meeting people. I mean, we've met people all over, wherever the the duck football team and the women's basketball team and the women's softball team has traveled. We have met great people like yourself. Amen. You know, you just meet these people and you stay in contact. You stay in contact. And um, 30 years, I just, it seems like yesterday, to be to be honest. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, it, it just, we don't have any big struggles. You say, oh man, we had this happen. And uh, I just look back on it and say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for what we've been able to do. And if he were to call me home today, I would be at peace because we've, I feel that we have um, done so much together and my bucket list I don't have this huge bucket list because this woman has um, just filled my heart with all types of good stuff. And I'm one that I don't believe in birthday cards. I don't believe in Mother's Day cards. I don't believe in Christmas cards, Christmas cards. I don't believe in any type of card to be given to her. Because what I feel like I have to do is I have to find what somebody else has written that's going to express what I'm feeling. So instead, I write letters Mm -hmm. for every occasion for her. And she has now started years ago doing the same thing with me, but with poems. So Mm -hmm. 30 years. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem like it's 30 years because there's just, there's just been too many good things. All right, how did you know she was the one? Yeah, how did you know? (laughs) Oh, baby. How did I know? Well, I guess I would say that she knows how to neck. (laughs) That 
was uh, that was a plus. Um, and we just we just there was just a lot of things that we we like to do, and and I I just I like being with her. I like spending time with her. I like being around her. Uh, I like doing things with her, and uh, it was um, yeah. I mean that was besides necking the fact that <laughs> the fact that I enjoyed being with her. I uh, I just knew that hey yeah this I love this woman and. Let's Marie, we're gonna have to keep you off the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, we've talked about being together and having fun and, and all that and everything, but we also work together. Mm-hmm. We are out in the yard working together, we work around the house. One of us has a project, the other one's usually involved in some way, and um Art is really good at mechanical things and building things and whatever. And I'll tell you what, I'm a really good go-getter and a holder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really neat when we do things. We do a, a project and we sit back and say, we did that. And there's a lot of satisfaction in doing something together that, yeah, you could have paid to have someone do it, but we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we updated our living room during COVID and took down the old um, blinds. Yeah. Window, Bal- cover- window coverings, window balances. Coverings. And together be- between the Hey Google, we're able to uh, take everything down and instead of pulling the little mollies out, we learned that you just punch them in lightly and spackled it and textured it and painted over and then put up all the new stuff. And we sat down in that living room and we just looked up and say, wow, what a difference and that we accomplished all that and you know we had people that come in and said well who did you have come in and do all this Mm -hmm. it was us and we said it was us and just like we were building the house um we got a bed for the fence and it was really high and i told marie you know my dad taught me how to do all this stuff so i taught her how to make mix concrete level a post although she did not do <laughs> there's one post that's not quite level yeah which we didn't even see for years yeah we didn't see it for years but you know people look and say well, yeah well we built the fence we built the concrete wall we did this we did that and it's i think it's really neat when you can say we did this and as we look around our neighborhood there's not a lot of husbands and wives that are outside working together, doing stuff. Um, and like Marie said, that's, I think that's real cool. What makes you all smile? 
I smile when I look at outside of Doug games and stuff. <laughs> I smile when I look at my husband because he makes me happy. That's the only time you smile. Oh no, I smile about lots of things. I like to laugh. I, I, I well, I sometimes say to Art, "Don't you have a sense of humor?" <laughs> because <laughs> I will enjoy like comedies and stuff as far as movies and he sometimes will like I don't see anything funny about it I see lots of funny things but he's a little more serious and that's okay that's okay because it takes both mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well what makes you smile you know I, I grew up not liking cartoons I never read, read the funny papers um, so to watch sitcoms, that type of stuff, I've never, never gotten into that. And one of the things that will make me smile, <laughs> she'll be watching the show and she is having such a good time and she's laughing. Mm -hmm. And that makes me smile because mm -hmm. this woman that I love is happy. Now, do I understand what is what? hitting her funny bone and <laughs> making her do this? I don't. I, you know, I, I, I'll be the first to say that I'm not real big, but then people will say, well, you like to joke all the time. Well, I do like to joke all the time. So I, I, I honestly, I, I truly do smile when I look at her and see her happy. Now, I'll smile when, you know, I mean, when the Ducks score a touchdown, mm -hmm. uh, when we were all watching the Sabrina four years and uh, watching those ladies uh, do the things that they did, uh, what an outstanding group of ladies we had. I smile because I, you know, you, you fell in love with a lot of those ladies mm -hmm. uh, because you got to know them. Oh, they were such a great group. So that was for me, you know, uh, when you see other people enjoying what they're doing, then that makes me smile. That makes me enjoy my experience because I know other people are, are happy. So I got one more question as far as relationships, and then I'm going to switch it to some stuff that you feel very strongly about art. And so me and Maria see what, what we can jump in and help you say, but I think this will be your show once I ask these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what advice would you give couples that want to get married or are married um, because you both are in your 70s, correct? Yep. Oh, yes. We're well into our 70s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to put an age on there for you guys. Um, but you have 70 plus years of knowledge. So what would you tell people? Mm. Now, are you talking as far as relationships or just 
in jail. whatever whatever is on your heart to say what would you say to to people who are dating um newlyweds and trying to make it to 30 years mm. do things that you enjoy together do things that maybe you don't enjoy all that much together and you will find that you begin to enjoy that because just as Art said, you see your partner enjoying and it's contagious. Um, and always remember that underneath everything, you love this person. Yeah, there's sometimes when maybe you want to throttle them because that's life. You get a little irritated or maybe even a lot irritated. But always remember, I chose this person. I love this person beyond anything else. You know, for me, what I would say to anyone in a relationship that silence is a killer. If you choose to go passive aggressive and choose to go into silence and you end the, the, you end the day in silence, you get up the next morning and you stay in silence, it's a killer. And I think that you have to remember that whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever comes out, it's like a tube of toothpaste, whatever comes out is out forever. It's like I can take a tube of toothpaste and squirt it all in your hand and say, you put it all back in the tube and you cannot do it. So the words that come out of your mouth are like the tube of toothpaste. You don't put them back in. And to go into silence, it's a killer. And if you have to eat crow, do it when it's warm. Other words, don't, you know, the longer you wait, the less likely you're going to say anything about that. And, and if you're going to apologize, you know, it's like I used to tell kids, if you're going to apologize, look that person in the eyes, say their name, tell them what you're sorry for, what you did wrong, and what you're going to do different. And then ask, will you accept my apology? And if they say no, accept it and say, what would you have me do? But to go into silence, again, I'll say it, it's a killer. Silence is not golden. It's just the opposite. And again, remember the words that come out, they're out forever. You don't, you don't ever put them back. All right. Thank you for that. Yep. So, Art, today's world, today's time is using scripture as a weapon. 
there's your floor. Well, you know, for, for me and scripture and, and the Bible, I mean, I was raised Episcopal. I went to Sunday school. I got my Bible with Father Tyson, signed it. I was baptized, all that stuff. But I got to be honest with you today. I feel the Bible's been weaponized. I feel that folks that proclaim to be these great Christians are missing the point. Um, I think that that, well, first of all, there's no judgment here, but boy, we sure have a lot of judging going on now. Mm -hmm. And I have, and Marie will tell you that if I never step inside the four walls of a church, it'll be too soon because my relationship with him is between me and him. And as I told my grandkids when they were very young, when you pray, Grandpa, how do you do it? Because we had taught them what was our little prayer that we said with them? Oh, the little nighttime prayer that I think uh, everybody goes, the, now I lay me down to sleep. sleep. Mm -hmm. I pray mm -hmm. the Lord my soul to keep. The angels watch me through. Watch me through the night. Through Tell the night. Till I wake me with the morning. Till I awake. In morning light. In morning light. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the girls would say, God bless yeah. my, my sister, my mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. You know, and... and we we did all that with them, um, but I just when when Morg asked me that, I said to her, and this was way back, and she's twenty two now, and and she was probably three or four years old at the most, because the most. when we would say our prayers they would go through and we would all say that prayer together when we were out camping and the like. And then grandma and grandpa, we would both then add and, you know, and, you know, God, thank you for this wonderful day that we've had today together and whatever, you know, whatever we were feeling. Um, so when Marg asked that, I said, honey, you just got to, as you're sitting right here, just look straight across. And like he was sitting right there. And start talking to him. That's all there is to it. There's nothing formal. Mm -hmm. There's no set way you have to do this. This is your relationship with him. And I have been so turned off by those that, when it comes to this whole I'm a Christian, and if you're in this party, you're not a Christian. Oh, mm -hmm. give me a break! I'm sure that, I'm sure that my God, when I get up there, that He's going to say to me, "Well, are you a D or an R or an I?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> or is He going to say, "Are you white? Are you black? Are you yellow? Or you know what? You know, He's not going to do any of that. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do any of that. We're all we're all going to be accepted, if well, if we believe." And I just am, I am frustrated by that today. And um, I just, you know, people, 
will quote scripture and they have, in my eyes, they have twisted it to give it the meaning that they want it to be. And uh, sometimes I just look up and say, Lord, do you hear this? Do you hear this? And I just shake my head and say, you know, I must, as I said to one person, you and I have a different God. And that's where I'm at. Or you have some people that say, um, God, if you're all-knowing, right, why is it that you allow such heinous things to happen? You know, you, you allow your brother to walk around this earth. Why do you allow any of it when you can erase it all and start all over again? What would you say to a person with those thoughts? Well, who could erase it all? That God could. Well, first of all, God doesn't, you know, this the, the stuff that's happening, you know, I've heard people say, well, if there was a God, this wouldn't happen. This wouldn't happen. Well, that's not quite true. You know, I mean, God gave us free will in my mind. And we have, we have, well, from the very beginning, you know, when, when it came to the apple, <laughs> you know, uh, we made our choices. And he allows that. And you have to live your choices, and eventually you hope that you find the right path. And but then that we're going to erase everything and start all over. Well, once again, he's going to allow you to make your choices. So mm -hmm. it's on us. It's not on him. It's on us as to how we're going to live our lives, I believe. Mm -hmm. I would say that is definitely true. And I think one of the most important things is, yeah, we're all going to stumble. We're all going to make mistakes. But the big thing is, let's learn from it and do differently next time. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and Marie was raised Catholic. And she went to Catholic high school. I did. Um. Uh, you know, I think she, well, she and I have talked about this. We're both disillusioned in terms of how we were raised religious-wise. Um, what our parents taught us and what, um, what we learned. You know, I, I still remember going to Sunday school every Sunday and... Um, I remember that the biggest joy was on a particular Sunday when Father Tyson, because mom, all the, all the different people in our church would invite Father Tyson on Sunday to come home for dinner with his family at a Sunday dinner. So that was always a big deal. And mom would always say, you would always say to me, Art, and please don't put the olives on your fingers. <laughs> because she didn't want to be embarrassed in front of Father Tyson. And I can remember years later telling Father Tyson about that. And I did. I used to put, you know, as when I was a kid, I'd put all five fingers would have an olive on them. And I'd eat the olives off my fingers. Now, 
my grandmother was English. So we were raised with a fork on the left side and a knife and spoon on the right side. And when you cut a piece of meat, you cut one piece and then you put the knife and down across the top of the plate. You switch the fork over, put the other hand underneath the table and you took one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when Father Tyson came over, that was especially important. But years later, I would say to him, and he said, you know, you guys were probably the most formal family that we ever had dinner with. <laughs> we always worried about your house. <laughs> and that was something. But, you know, he was real. And I, I still remember, you know, uh, I always remember walking into church and looking up and seeing the stained glass uh, glasses we as we walked into church but it wasn't till my mom passed away and I was giving her eulogy and I was standing up front and I saw the glass from the other side and it was a whole uh, just a whole different feeling that I had and of course though I was also speaking you know my my mother had just passed but you know we were raised we had a respect um Earning that Bible was super important, which is still at my nightstand. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was, I'll just leave it there. I was just on disillusion where we're at today. And well, and that leads me into um, us, our conversation when you said the world's, the, the world's going backwards. So you came right up to it. Well, you know, Marie and I, well, first of all, I, I was a big Barack Obama fan way, way before he became president. And I remember four years before he ran, I, I at the Democratic National Convention, I told Marie, you got to listen to this guy. You got to listen to this guy. He's so articulate. He's so knowledgeable. He's so together. And I said, this man's going to run for president. And, you know, we've got mixed race uh, friends we've, uh, that are couples. We've got mixed race families. Right. Uh, of our own. And I thought... And, and, and I, I guess I should back up. I was raised in a very conservative area of Oregon, but with very liberal parents, as it turns out. I didn't realize it at the time. But my dad's life was saved by a, a black name in, in a black man, and his uh, name was Victor, which my middle brother was named after. Um, so there in the 50s and 60s, we were raised differently than the other, a lot of the other kids in that conservative area. And some of the language that was used would have never been allowed in our home. 
So I know when I was in the Air Force and got stationed down in uh, Travis Air Force Base in California, Fairfield, it was a short enough distance where I could drive home for a long weekend. And my roommate was black, uh, which I tell you, at that time, there weren't a lot of black, white roommates. But I, I mean, I could care less, you know. I mean, I didn't care what color you were. You know, I just hope they didn't care, care what color I was. And my roommate always came home with me for Christmas, for Mother's Day, for Easter, whatever it was. So when Barack was elected, I was so hopeful. It was almost like JFK when he was elected. I had so much hope for the country. But then we know how that ended. Um, and I had so much hope for Barack. But then it just seemed like those that were, as I say, racists or bigots, they their heads just started popping up. And I just felt like we, we started going backwards. And one of my best friends, uh, who was black, he and I were talking about that. And he said, you know, I feel the same way. He says, when I go out, he's in sales. And he says, I go out. You know, people think because I'm black, they can answer, I can answer this question. And about Brock and, you know, this type of thing. And, and he felt the same thing, that things were sliding backwards. And, and then after eight years, we go into another four of, and boy, it's almost like we made it okay for those people to come out from underneath the rock mm -hmm. and, and be the way that we're seeing this country that we were not accepting, we're judgmental, um, that, you know, sort of like, Martin Luther King, you know, when he basically, you know, when he, in, the, in his speech uh, that uh, someday, you know, is his hope that his children would be not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Well, Martin, you know, we lost him all too soon. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just feel that we have slipped backwards in that area and we've slipped backwards and we're just so divided. We're just so divided. And um, there's just no putting your heads together and, and let's, let's try to come up what's best for all of us, not what's best for this group or that group, but let's look at all of us. And so that's my take. Yeah, it's like, how much money do you want? How much money do you need? Right. Right. you rather see people suffer and go without just so you can go and be on your yacht or, you know, live underground or whatever. You know, oh, yeah. Doing, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, that that's good that you say that. How much do you need? Um, you know, it's, it's like one of the things I used to always say to kids about random acts of kindness and that giving has a huge reward. Mm -hmm. uh, and it comes from within yourself. Uh, you know, I just, I love to, when you're driving down the street and it's on a busy road and there are different businesses where you stop and you don't block their driveway because if that was my business, I would want people to be able to turn and get in. Mm -hmm. And when you do that and people wave at you, well, how good a feeling do you want? How much more do you need than having somebody say, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was very thoughtful. And, and the pay, the payback, I think is, well, I mean, some people are all on, on uh, material things, mm -hmm. but I think that we forget that, um, you know, just, um, having someone appreciate you for an act uh, of simply of leaving a space so they can get in or, or holding the door for someone or. Um, or saying good morning to someone. Right. Mm -hmm. Or going up and someone doesn't have enough money to quite pay for all the groceries they have. So they have to put things back and saying, Hey, Go ahead and keep that. I'll pay the difference. That happened to me a couple days ago. Um, I almost felt like I was being tested. Um, the guy was in front of me. You can tell, you know, he probably was homeless um, or spent most of his time outside. Um, he was on a scooter. He had his scooter in the store because he didn't want nobody to take it. And he had a yogurt and he had maybe a pack of gum and something to drink, I believe. But we stood in that line for so long and, you know, most people start fussing and why, why is it taking so long or whatever, whatever. But I think it was God showing me so I can pay attention to the guy that was in front of me. And so I watched him move his stuff over back to the, the metal before you put it on a conveyor belt. He moved his stuff back and he was getting ready to leave. And I, I heard him say, dang, I, I left my wallet. And I told him, I said, that's okay. You can stay right here. I'll take care of it for you. And he turned beet red. And he was like, you about to buy this for me? I said, yeah, didn't I just say that? He said, but are, are you really? I said, yes, please just put it here. And, you know, and now we have to pay for bags too, like Oregon. So um, they say, well, do you want a bag? He said, no, no, no. I said, yes, please put it in a bag. I said, how are you going to carry it? You know, are you on your scooter? Mm -hmm. He was like, ma'am, I just hope everything comes back to you. I just, he said, you just don't know what you did for me. And I said, but God knows. That's right. So right. kind of left it like that. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the final four. Um, my mom still talks about when y'all left me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went and saw all the chickens. Yeah, that's so funny. 
Oh, look, she still give me crap about that. And I was just, <laughs> I laughed so hard. Was I asleep? I just can't even remember what I was doing, but it was not you what she sleeping. wanted to do. I was asleep, yeah. <laughs> oh, the things I do on vacation. And so she said, we're on this street. And then I think by the time I woke up and came, I had to catch the, the, the was it a bus or a little train or a something? Trolley. I don't know yeah, what it was. Trolley the trolley down. And you came uh, to meet us. Yeah. And the, the, what, roosters and all that stuff was out in the field just walking around and stuff. But it was a really good time there. I think I bought that up because I wanted to talk about Marche. Marche is playing professional basketball, finally um overseas and so hopefully bigger doors open up for Marche. Where play? Where? Um I will look it up and then give you the information because I know but I don't know off the top of my head. But mm -hmm. I can look it up and send it to okay. you guys because I told her to make sure she sent me the schedule so that I can keep up with her. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like finally she didn't give up. She kept playing and would play adult basketball. And so now she is doing her thing. Well, good. And because you did this podcast, I feel like I can't keep secrets with you all. <laughs> <laughs> and I am on the air. Um, Adi should be arriving in Oregon in about two more hours. Oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny when R said when the last time you did this um, Adi was coming here and I just thought mm. that is so 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 she's coming home she'll be there with you that guys. is so cool oh that is well, we, tremendous news. we love that woman and uh, you know she came up and we went out to dinner because we were going to Let's see, where we were someplace. Where were we at? Well, we were in Vegas. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and the three of us were going to go out for fish. And somehow she, I don't know, she had something that came up. So then when she was down there at Oregon the first time, then she came up and the three of us went out for dinner up here for fish. Yes. So that it'll be it'll be nice to have her home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I I do want to. I mean, this is wonderful news. I mean, I am so happy for that. Uh, I will definitely be texting her. <laughs> but I, I've got to I've got to quickly just go back to the final four, mm -hmm. and I just want to tell everyone that's listening at the final four. Now, my wife is Foxy, okay? Of course, our last name is Foxy. But there was this woman there, and she, when I said, I'm going to take a picture, so she posed, and you ought to see the leg that that woman put out. And I snapped a picture of that woman, and she became my second fox. <laughs> and I was uh, now she's telling me that she's lost a few pounds and I, and I guess she's telling me that that leg is even better <laughs> so 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I'll have to wait. You're going to have to send that picture to me again, all right? You're going to have to let me see it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to have to drive to Spokane or... But now that... that I was going to say, now that your girl's coming, you know, we probably yeah. will be over there. She's trying to make me come. Well, um, you should For come. her birthday, for Christmas. And I don't want to drive over in the winter because I think the... What year was that the snowstorm came that wasn't even supposed to be a snowstorm? So I don't want to drive over in December. Well, I don't blame you. Oh, on, I don't blame you either. On that, I mean... I'm one, though, that would drive in the snow, my wife will tell you. Yeah, he likes to drive in the snow. But I wouldn't want my wife driving in the snow. Because mm -hmm. your wife doesn't like to drive in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it can be dangerous and the roads get slick. And mm -hmm. the biggest problem is you don't know what the other person is going to do. Well, and what's in the middle? You know, coming from here, I know how to drive that, that but then... You got to cut over through the Tri-Cities and come around. And, right. you know, that's just open field of blowing snow. And right. Yep. I don't want to do that. No. So, well, we'll see what happens. Well, just know you always have a place to stay. I know. And it's been upgraded. So, yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah, wait to right. see that. Yes, it has. I cannot wait to see that. So is there anything else you all would like to tell our listeners before you disconnect? I would like to say that we appreciate you a lot and we feel blessed that we met you when we did. Aww. I just love you guys. I really do. Um, well, we I always tell people that God put people in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And the friendship, the connection that we've built is something worth keeping. You know, some people you just, you hate to throw people away and throw the stuff away, but you rather keep going. And the, the things that you all have imparted into me are treasures. And I just thank you so much, even on today, for believing enough in me and what I do, you know, without even listening to a podcast, you guys just kind of was like, okay, just for you, we'll do it. And mm -hmm. so that means so much to me. Um, friends don't have an age on it. Right. You know, you don't see numbers. Your friends are your friends. And so I value you all. And I thank you so much for well, being let, a friend, for being little. family in my life. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Friends, yes, but see, it's 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 more family because it is. you get to choose who you want in that family. Yeah. And blood, as somebody told me many years ago, blood doesn't necessarily mean family. Mm -mm. And you know, so if there's, um, you said if there's one thing we would like to last you know, to say, and that is, is on the back of this card of ours, which I thank you. I am so glad you brought that up because I was going to say it. All right. Where's your card? Because I need you to read it. Well, and that was <laughs> so, so all of you, all the way through my career, I had a business card that I would, when I would do home visits and if somebody wasn't home, I'd leave a card and it would say, 
Hey, this is Art Fox, the counselor at Whitworth Elementary School. And uh, on the back, I would simply write, please give me a call. And it had my phone number and everything. So I retired. I told Marie and Marie wasn't, she didn't really see any reason to do that. Now I think she would disagree. Oh, she yeah. see a reason. I love it now. So on the front, it's got a picture of the two of us, and it says the Foxes, Art and Marie, enjoying retirement together. And underneath it, go Ducks. And then it's got our email address, which happens to be go Ducks, and our phone number and cell phone number. And on the back, it simply says, it was a pleasure to meet you, and we hope to keep in touch. So that's on the card, but then it says this, when you rise in the morning, form a resolution to make the day happy for one fellow creature. And remember, a single sunbeam is enough to drive away many shadows. And that's St. Francis of Assisi. And that's a card that when we meet people, we give that to them. And that has led to many people where we have stayed in contact. Um, yeah, actually from all over the country. Yep, all over. And well, and I still have my card. Well, cool. Yeah. And yeah. I still have that picture of that woman in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> You got to send me the photo. I will. <laughs> but listen, we, uh, we truly appreciate you even asking us. And uh, your mom, uh, we had a wonderful day. Oh, we had a great time with your mom. She's wonderful. And Aunt Wanda, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. And... Yes seeing all the chickens if anybody ever goes to tampa bay florida and we went to old town and there's chickens every place they're protected and you'll see a mama hen with a bunch of chicks you'll see mm -hmm. a, a mama hen laying on a bunch of eggs and you're not to touch the nest mm -hmm. and they are every place yeah it's really cool yeah. Yeah. And then you go down to Old Town, and I remember the three of us going to where the uh, the old guy was rolling cigars. Yes. Yeah. And so anyway, the three of us were having a good time, and we said, well, where is she? I woke up like, where is my mom? <laughs> and, and she said to us, well, I think she's back sleeping. She said that she was going to take a nap. Well, let's give her a call. Mm. And we actually mm -hmm. were able to catch you. We told you what you needed to get on, and the three of us were waiting for you. She, she wants to go back again because, you know, she always talk about leaving Washington, and she says, I can go live in Tampa right down there where we were. And she says that often. So one day she would probably fill a backpack and just call and say, okay, I'm in Tampa. <laughs> well, that was, that was a fun. That was a fun place. Yeah. yeah. One thing yeah, would have made it nice better. Area. 
of course, is if we had won, but yeah the fact that we all were together and and we're talking about you guys as a family and us as a family too. and then the girls uh the ladies that we got to uh interact with mm -hmm. and uh, get to know and um it was a lot of great food that was just a really good time and i got to see the dolphins and everything my heart had wanted to do was to see those dolphins and to walk on white sand and Yep. I sat on that boat and I just cried and cried and cried. Yeah, that was a great time. Yeah. Well, thank you, my dear. Yeah. So, again, I love you all and I thank you so much for coming on. And on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace. We'll be there. We'll, we're there. We'll hang in with you. We love you. You bet. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> All right, hope to see you here soon. Soon. Hang up, Art. <laughs> okay. And so awesome news about Audie. Yes. Yes, yes, because I can't keep a secret, right? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Love, love you too. too. All right, bye-bye. Bye.